Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, the guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 323. Are you ever going to lose track? It's a lot. I did it's a lot one to time. keep track of. I did one time when I typed it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to redo the post on Reddit. And this is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I'm your dashing host, Chris. With me is my good friend, my very good friend, one of my very best friends, Sandman. How you doing, Andy? I'm good. Oh, good. I'm good. Long day of work. All this Lions news. You come back. You join us all. Everybody. Let's just take a moment and thank Andy. Thank him for showing up. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Making it happen. Living the dream. All right. Um, I don't know. We we, we kind of just threw this together. There wasn't really any reason to do a show today. So we're just going to kind of wing it and see what we got. You ready to go, man? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's kick this off and break it down. Yes, of course. Of course there's a show to do. We're just a little dazed from running through brick walls. That's all. That's all that happened. <laughs> <laughs> My heart's been pounding all day since 2 p.m. or whenever he uh, yeah, yeah. this happened. It was like uh, it was like a shot of four energy drinks. And the heart's just going, gung, 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 gung. I haven't felt this way since four locos were legal. <laughs> Four locos are, are legal. They are whatever you make of them, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> the old four locos, let me put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, three locos for Senior Bowl this week coming up, right? It's us, UVs. It's and, us. Uh, Let's do it. We got it. We got a great san- uh, Senior Bowl coverage. Don't forget about it and don't miss it because there's no combine. We've got a corner on that market, boys. We got you covered. Don't you worry. What a scary time to be a prospect, man. Oh, God, what a scary- if you don't have tape and you don't go to the combine? Woo. Woo. Are we going to trust pro day numbers? Are we going to do that? <laughs> no. Everyone's before. running four ones this yeah. year. <laughs> Jelani Tavai broke the three second barrier. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, three this... second, 10 yard split. <laughs> this will be, this will be interesting. This will be a, um, a year to remember. It's a tough year to be like a Brad Holmes, brand new at an organization. You got this role. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's good at it. He's got a lot of Intel already, but everybody's missing and for fans no combine is a big deal there there's there's no one really covering this is primary sources for the senior bowl except your friends here at detroit lions podcast in the detroit media i mean yeah, it's right <laughs> um they're they're all reporting what other people are reporting so we'll have you covered we got you going on this is it this is essentially the combine this year so a lot of players so there's one again i'm particularly interested in nico collins and what happens with his stock um mm-hmm. it, he could go any different way you know what i mean he's got the frame and the body and everything else but hasn't played so let's see being a michigan boy of course i'm interested but there's more i've got i've already started all my uh my work on the guys, I've got ratings, I've got rankings, I've got potential draft positions. Although, you know, it's pre-senior bowl, so it's nothing set in stone and we'll have to see things. But I've done a lot of work, boys. We are ready this year. Got a lot. All right. <laughs> so there is some breaking news today. Did something happen? Uh, a guy named um, Daniel Campbell, I think is his name. Oh, Campbell. yeah. Yeah. Big fan of Campbell. <laughs> Dan Campbell. 
got hired today. Evidently, he got hired by, by mistake because he put Matt Campbell on the res- <laughs> on the on the resume, and they and they went for it. <laughs> Those Fords, they always fall for the good stuff. Uh, so here he was. He's hired, and boy, oh boy, what a presser he had. Um, four locos is is four Spicy. four locos. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 16 locos. <laughs> he even mentioned drinking a, a, ga- a gal- gallon of coffee a day at the presser. We're going to go through it. There's a lot of quotes, a lot of things uh, from the presser that we want to talk about. Um, but I'm just going to tell you, I think one of the things that he was absolutely 100% about for fans and folks that follow the Lions, we've all. You've had enough of that shit. 100%. <laughs> you, can, you can guarantee that's going to join the drops for the long time. All right. We'll get right into it. I want to start with a quote from the opening uh, part of the presser because I think this really kind of sets the tone. Um, Dan is not a professional public speaker. Let's just start start from there. Um, remember, we went from trusting the process with Matt Patricia and literally saying nothing to a guy who truly speaks what's in his mind. Mm-hmm. Is that a good way to put it? Right. Yeah. yeah a little rambly. <laughs> Stream of you know, consciousness. He, yeah. But, you know, we have to remember this guy's a football player. He's a converted football player to a head coach. Uh, and he kind of sounded like that today, which that is what he is. I don't everybody that's bashing him about it to me. He's a football player. Yeah. You know, we don't. We, we're not shocked when, uh, you know, Dominican Sue comes out and says he's going to bite somebody's kneecap off. But uh, Dan, Dan Campbell comes and does it. And all of a sudden people are freaking out. They're acting like he had a patella hanging out of his mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, he's not a cannibal until he consumes it. Dan the Cannibal Campbell. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, maybe. Can- maybe. Cannibal Campbell. There you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> Shirt coming this weekend. We got a bunch of new designs coming this week. Okay, so we'll get right into it. Um, his first quote is really about leadership and um, what it means. Let's get to it. We'll we'll react after uh, we play for you guys here, right here. Sean's big believer in uh, compatibility is more important than coachability. And well, you can say, well, coach, I get it. You get it. The point is compatibility is important. It's highly important. Uh, and it doesn't matter. You can put the best coaches in the room. And if they're all a bunch of alphas and they're trying to eat each other alive, you're never going to get anything done. So um, I'm very conscious of those things. There you go. Uh, you had it almost there, Brandon. Cannibal Danimal. There you go. Cannibal Danimal. <laughs> right that down. Um, you get it. I get it. Well, we mm-hmm. all get it. Compatibility we all get is important, it. right? <laughs> you get it. I get it. Yeah. I love it. I, I actually enjoy the way he speaks because it's it's – when you can tell there's an absolute passion behind mm-hmm. it, that he feels it, that he loves football. And um, I was I was talking with someone today, and um, personally, you know, radio for one, <laughs> I, I, I mean it when I say I hope you guys stay. I hope you guys get through it. We'll we'll, we'll work through, and, and I believe in you guys being here when it's when things change. But um, it's about people who love football, and there's people here that are in Detroit that have been coaches that maybe weren't all about football. They were about uh, what's my next step in my career. What's my, everybody's in a different place. Right. But this is a different focus. And and, and I think this is a key focus. This is a very back to basics approach. While the last regime talked about fundamentals, the fundamentals were constantly flawed. They were missing on all the fundamentals. Couldn't wrap, yeah. couldn't tackle, couldn't block, couldn't do anything. Um, 
where this is really truly about the core fundamental of let's love this game and want to play the game. And I think there's a lot to that as simple as it sounds at its surface. There's a lot of people that are here for something else. Right. And I think that whole concept of uh, compatibility for the leadership team and being important, but th that real kind of love of football as a game is what's going to make you compatible. Does that make any sense to you, Sam, or am I just rambling like the... the no, <laughs> I think compatibility is exactly what the Lions have been missing the last four years. When I first heard this, I'm not saying that Dan took a jab at the previous regime, but it kind of feels that way. And, and it may, and it honestly, you know, it almost comes off as something that he had talked about previously, which means that the Fords and Rod Wood, um, you know, were concerned about it, mm -hmm. that there wasn't good gelling between the head coach and anybody else or anybody else in the head coach. And I think that, you know, Dan is making the right choice and saying the right words in this respect, because, you know, he's doing something that I don't know if we've seen before. He's interviewing people for his offensive and defensive coordinator positions. Right. Have we ever seen that guys get hired as head coaches? They bring in their guys, they bring in their friends immediately. Yeah. Here, here they come. These are the people I want. Here they come. And Matt's not doing that. He's taking the time to interview guys to actually get to see what they want. He's not just taking his friend's word for it. Like, oh, I, you know, he was the wide receiver coach when I was tight ends coach. And so I'm going to hire him because we were buddies. He's actually taking the time to look things over and interview a couple guys. And I think, you know, they said today that he's on his fourth interview for offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Now, to me that that they're spending time on it. And that's important. And 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 here's where here's where the thing really gets tough, right? Because you absolutely want this and you love that this is how they're building the organization. And we'll talk about how they're building the organization a little bit tonight. Um and and you know, last organization or the last kind of front office group was all about nepotism and all about the friends they knew and bringing them in, right? And kind of holding that team together. It's funny that transparency that Rod and Sheila wanted the way with the team they had, the group they've they're hiring now, right? And and really bringing the right people so that they really get a feel and understanding of what's going on. Beyond that, also the uh, the idea that we're we're spending this time looking at our coordinators and really finding the right fit for what they're building and what their vision is for this team means a lot. Means a whole mm -hmm. heck of a lot. And and there are as I'm certain that they're interviewing as a team, especially when and we'll get to it what he talked about about talent evaluation and how he's going to work with Brad Holmes. Um they're definitely doing this side by side, hand in hand. Um Mike Disner right along with them to put this together to make sure they have the right um kind of gestalt in the room. And um I love that word. I just love using that word. Um and there's there's a lot to that. Now, what does that do? Your position coaches, it's a lot harder for them. Some of those guys are on 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 um on contract till next year. And and they don't know if they're gonna have a job, if they're gonna be kept on. It all depends on these coordinators and how these things work. And people and their families are held in limbo. And we're gonna get some interviews in the off season, the you know, coaches. Mm -hmm positional coaches and, and 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 what it's like that kind of uncertainty in the off season and how hard it is for them because you have a contract you don't know if it's going to be real but right now it's hiring season like if you're an offensive coordinator and you're not sure if you're going to get the job at, or let's just say you're a linebackers coach i'll just make that up um, you're a linebackers coach and you're not sure you're going to get the job next year but you're under contract what do you do how do you how do you interview 
right? How do you deal with your whole family, the whole thing? There's just, it's a real trying time for everybody. So I'm certain there's pressure on the front office to move quickly to get these positions resolved. But at the same time, you know, there's pressure on both sides. You want to get the right people. And Dan Mm -hmm. and Brad absolutely need to get it right. So I think that's why it's taken a little bit longer and uh, putting pressure on some of the the positional coaches as to what their future's like. And you're seeing, you're seeing uh, folks, you know, bevel to the Jags, I believe, right? Yep. Yep, Just announced. Yep. Uh, You're seeing folks on their way. And and I'm not going to make an... um, a judgment about Bevel leaving or should he have stayed or anything like that. It just is. Uh, but any of these coaches are in a kind of similar position. His was one that was a, a contract that was over so he could go. So um, hopefully we get clarity on this very soon. I have a feeling that it'll be this weekend in particular because you've got the senior ball showing up and Dan talked about it, about being there and uh, what he, you know, what it means and, and, and getting in there. They need to get their hands dirty, especially with no combine. Pro days are important, but this is their chance to see these guys out in the wild and perform the last time mm-hmm. before the draft, you know, other than the pro day, which is all like we said. <laughs> so there you go. All right. I'm going to get on to the next one. If you don't mind, um, this was, this was a little bit moving. Um, Dan talks about Sean Payton and you can really hear it in his voice. All right. Last but not least, Sean Payton is probably, I owe Sean probably more than anybody in this profession. <laughs> He gave me an opportunity as a player and as a coach, and nobody's believed in me more than Sean Payton and knew exactly what I was and what I could do. And Sean was always about um, give me a player that I know exactly who he is and what he is and what he's going to be every day, and I can do something with that guy. It's the guys that are up and down and the ones that they spike here, and then all of a sudden they're down. He said, I don't know what to do with those guys. I got nothing for them. But you give me a guy who I know who he's going to be every day and what he can do. And we can work with that guy. And um, so I'll never be able to thank him enough. I've learned more football under him in my time as a player, but, but now as a coach for being under him five years about how you, how you see the game, all right, how you, how you use your staff, how you hire your staff, um, situational football, um, when to go for it, when to not, when's the time to be aggressive, when's the time to back off. Um, but every a majority of the lessons that I have uh, – or from him. And so I'll, I'll forever be grateful. That's, uh, that's really something, huh? Um, yeah. That sense of knowing where you came from and, um, that just, that means a lot, right? That, that really means a lot. And, and understanding he got a chance. And I think there's a little bit of that in that hiring process that he's going through right now as well. Uh, and why it's taking a little longer. Another reason he there's guys that he wants to give a chance to to what he's doing. What do you think? Yeah, I think you know when when you take the career path that Dan took from player to you know tight ends coach to you know assistant head coach to now head coach, I think that you know that takes enough time and enough experience that that he really has a full look at everything being that he knows how the players feel. He knows how underling coaches feel. He knows how being at the top feels. And I think that he's going to take that and really apply it the way that Sean Payton applied it with him and try to pass on as much knowledge and, and get guys in that he thinks he can trust and that can grow into the position. You know, that's one of the things that he mentioned was he was allowed to grow as a coach under Sean Payton, that Sean Payton was going to 
allow him to grow under him and didn't expect, you know, immediate everything. And I think that that's important, especially when you're talking about a new staff with a team that's kind of eh, talent wise, you know, we're going to really have to see some upticks in coaching and uh, I'm excited to see who he brings in and uh, you know, if he changes very many positional coaches on the team, because really I don't think we were struggling too much at positional coach. No. I think it was most, mostly the coaches at the top we've, that we're struggling with. We've said it and, and I'll let you say the name. We've said it since senior bowl last year, when we saw him in person, who's the guy that we absolutely stake in the ground, Dan, get on the phone right now. Who do we keep? <laughs> Who do we keep Andy? Oh man, we're keeping Hank Fraley. We're keeping Robert Prince. You, you know, I'm I'm feeling good about it. Brayden, oh, oh, never mind, <laughs> never mind. He's gone. <laughs> oh man. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so there you go. That's a little bit um, uh, like that. Let's get into another one. This one talks to, you know, we've talked about Wiz. Wizen Hunt not getting the job previously, and we what we we had to settle for Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Um. It's interesting about how these things work together and um, getting the right person. This is how Jan, how Dan comes in and how he feels about the job. I wanted this job bad because I felt like I knew this community. I played here. All right. Here's what I know. Just as an overall philosophy, you're going to say, well, what's this team going to be? What's it not going to be? Here's what I know. All right. I know that Detroit's made up of great people, some really good people. All right. This community is strong. Um. This place has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't, that, uh, none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that You've shit. Had enough of so, that shit. Excuse my language. All right? <laughs> Here's what I do know, is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city, all right? And this city's been been down, and it found a way to get up. All right. It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right. And so this team's going to be built on uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right. And and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap. And we're going to get up and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before before long, where they're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. All right. And we're going to learn that any loss that we take, we're going to make sure we feel the full pain of it and not go numb to it and learn from it and not to want to taste it again. All right. We're going to be competitive every game. I can't sit up here and guarantee wins and losses and I I just can't do it. Um, but I'll guarantee you this, man, these guys are going to fight and they're going to scratch and claw and they're going to be something this city's proud of because they're going to take on the identity of this city. All right. The ones that have to learn, man, it, it, it ain't always going to be uh, roses up here. Everything's going to be, uh, you know, the way that, that we all want it to be and look perfect. But I know this, man, we're going to fight. We're going to scratch. and We're going to claw. And I know the good teams find a way to get it done. And if somebody goes down, the next one steps up and he's expected to produce. Uh, enough to help those guys next to him win. These guys are going to learn to play together, play for one another. Um, I'm not going to ask these guys to do anything that I've never had to do or, or never been asked somebody else to do or, for that matter, as coaches. Oklahoma drills are back on the menu, boys. <laughs> 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 Woo, what a 
what a section. Yeah. What a section. Yeah. You know, I, listening to this, you can tell how passionate he is. And I think, you know, earlier in the press conference, he said, you know, I'm not going to give you football talk. And I think when he said that he was being serious because <laughs> he's not giving us head coach interview bull crap. He's You've had enough of this, that shit. This sounded exactly like how we would talk to his players when he has his first team meeting. Like, this is what I kind of expect to hear, you know, and uh, he let it out and we saw it. And uh, I think a lot of people in Detroit are going to like it. Yeah. You know, I I think, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, if, if this was another team's head coach, it would be easy to be like, Oh, what a weirdo, what a weird thing to say, biting people's kneecaps, you know, but if only we honestly in the roster, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, it's, you know, it's kind of refreshing to hear somebody have an open and honest take about what he expects from his team. Yeah. We never see this. We don't know what Matt Patricia said to the guys. We don't know what Jim Caldwell said to the guys to rah, rah them up, but it sounds like Dan Campbell has an idea, right? He has a plan. He, he knows what he wants from this team and he's going to make it happen one way or another. And he's familiar. He was here. And this is, this is one of the stories that I think is going to be really, really excellent to see play out to go from zero and 16 to 16 and zero in Detroit. Right. <laughs> he was here for zero and 16. He knows, yeah. he knows what's up. He knows what the city's made of and how the city suffered. He suffered with us in the zero and 16 year. You think someone who's gone through that doesn't have a passion and doesn't understand what it means for a city to turn it around and finally come. He's he's got roots here as much as any player at all. Right. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, he, he may he still sounds Texan. He still speaks Texan. <laughs> but he's got roots in Detroit and knows Detroit. And you can feel the passion for the city. And the connection he has and he's shown with with Sheila. Again, going back to the because you always have to make these these kind of comparisons. Going back to Matt Patricia, he was the most inauthentic coach, I think you've ever seen. And when we talk about the pendulums and the hiring process and we went from, you know, uh, you know, whatever, this is one where this, the pendulum has swung to a guy who's, he's just going to tell you, he, he doesn't care. He's going to mm-hmm. tell you. And, and you know where you stand with him though, right? There's no, there's no um, backstabby little BS politicking going on. And we'll, there's a good quote about that. We'll have in a little bit. This is the yep. real deal. He is, you get what you want. Look, this might not work. Right. This is this, this, it's, it's entirely possible. And as Lions fans, we know that. Right. We know yep. it won't work. But we hired the GD Patriots, <laughs> the, <laughs> the top consensus picks for GM and coach in the league. Everybody said, holy cow, they got the best out there. And that didn't work. We're in a place now. I talked about this on the show yesterday. I'm going to I'm going to hit it briefly again today. You guys got to go look, find this book. It's called The Wiz Kids. It's about Ford. It's about. Hank the Deuce, Henry Ford II, back in the late 40s, had no idea how to run a company and needed somebody to help him. And he hired a bunch of guys who were intel and statistician um, experts from the army who changed how the army worked and got information and intel throughout the system. Really, really uh, 
completely different than what you'd think about about the auto industry. And he hired them, about 10 of them. There's 10 of them that are known as the whiz kids. And not only changed the fortunes of Ford Motor Company, but changed how manufacturing companies work forever in that time, how they do financial planning, how they do so much. These guys had no idea about how to run the auto industry, but they were the whiz kids because they came in and thought about it differently and approached it. What I feel like is Sheila's taken a page out of that book, looked back at the family and, and what the family knows as to what works. And with Holmes, you have a guy who absolutely has shown he knows how to look and find, look for and find talent. With Campbell, he's a guy that can obviously lead men and obviously get people to go to war for him. I mean, all on Twitter today, all you saw was people ready to run through walls. I was ready to start freaking lifting weights and sign up as the 15th string safety if I needed to. I was, I'm out there, right? Whatever. It was, it, you could feel it. You could absolutely feel it. I don't know who wouldn't want to play for a coach like that. And then for them to take the partnership with Dinsner. And, and again, I talk about how, how this, this organization is now set up. It's like, you know, um, Brad Holmes is R and D and manufacturing is, um, is, uh, Dan Campbell and, uh, finance is, uh, Mike Dis Disner, right? These guys, mm-hmm. they, they all report to the CEO who's Rod Wood, but they all work together and they all know that their parts are really important. They have to be experts in their area. Right. But they know they have to work together for the success of the company. That's this kind of organizational structure I'm seeing here. That's what I see. So all the people that are worried about Rod Wood making decisions. No, 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 no. You know, um, uh, when we went, oh, God, what was his name? Not Maloney, Maroney. What's his name? Not Mahoney. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hired after Bill Ford at Ford as the CEO from Boeing. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, Malelli. Malelli. That was it, right? Yeah. Brought in. And. He's no expert in cars. He was no expert in the car industry or manufacturing cars or selling cars. He came from Boeing, from making planes. But you know what he knew how to do is drive people and 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 get the best out of people and help them come to decisions and consensus decisions that were the best for the organization. And that's how this is set up right now. Rod Wood does not need to be a football expert because he's not going to the senior bowl. He's not there picking people. Mm-hmm. He's not the one telling Brad Holmes, hey, you know, I like this kid out of Boise State. It's not, it's not what's happening, right? These guys are experts in the field. The other thing that I think this is one of the pendulum swings that comes out of the Quintricia era is now your coach is accountable for coaching to the CEO, not to his best friend, the GM, right? Mm-hmm. You have transparency and accountability at these positions, which is absolutely key for how this organization should run and the way that they're approaching it with the teamwork and, and, and coordination together. I love it. I absolutely love this. It again, to go back to how I started, it may not work. It may not work, but for once the damn team is being innovative and doing something and trying to lead the league instead of doing what worked back in 1986. And thank God. And, and, you know, Rod Wood mentioned this during the press conference when Brad Holmes was hired that, you know, the structure is different than it's been before. You know, they didn't go into super detail, but you're exactly right. This is the kind of structure that leads to accountability. It leads to, you know, coaches and GMs having to answer to somebody, not just in their bubble until it's time to be fired. You know, yeah. I think that that's a major step forward. And and you can tell because they when they hired Brad Holmes and they hired Dan Campbell, they made it obvious that they wanted people that were going to work together, that they weren't going to be in an office separate. 
that Dan Campbell wasn't going to operate isolated away from the GM and the GM isn't going to operate isolated away from the head coach, that this is a team organization, that this is the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Lions need to win. Yep. Not the head coach, not the team, not the GM, the entirety of the organization. Yep. Do you remember? And I see, do you see Twitter going off on the national media? Oh, yeah. Uh, in, but you know what? Remember when Lynch was hired? John Lynch was hired as a GM in San Fran. That was a la- they were a laughing stock. Oh, I burned him to the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Two years later, three years later, they're in the Super Bowl. Yep. Again, it may not work, but God, it's a hell of a lot better than hiring a bunch of Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I saw some tweets about guys like, "Oh, this uh, interview reminded me of you know when the Forty ers hired the guy off after Harbaugh." He only lasted one year. See you next year. I don't get any of that from this. This is a guy that's not, he's a football player. You know, he interview any football player. There are very few football players that are, you know, ready to speak to media fluently without, you know, you know, that are prepared to not give away any emotional answers or not to give away too much info. Look at Chris and I think what we got games. was what we wanted. Chris Spielman calling games is a great example of that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we often thought maybe he'd, he'd taken a, a knock in the noggin once one too many times by what he was saying on some of those, uh, some of those broadcasts, but no, it's, it's, it is what it is. And the one thing that we talked about as that we want for this team, which we didn't get from Patricia is someone that can relate to the the players. I don't see Quandre Diggs leaving a, a Dan Campbell team complaining or Darius Slay leaving the team complaining and whining. And if they were, it's because they didn't like football. They didn't like play. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to play. So I think that's, that's good news. Will it, will it come together? Boy, we'll see. This is a heck of an experiment. <laughs> heck of an experiment. Um, all right. And the other thing is, see, in a year, you could probably say that with any, any coach right now because this I, roster is not that good. That's I mean, that's the honest answer is that he's in a hard spot. Yep. And, and, you know, the most refreshing thing to me, and we might hear this in a later clip, but he admitted that he didn't like this defense as much as he liked the offense. He yeah. came out and said that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so refreshing to hear, not to say, I think we've got players on both sides of the ball. I think we're going to be ready to compete. No, he said, I don't like the, the defense as much as I like the offense, which was an honest answer. And I don't think he needs to lie about stuff like that. I don't think he needs to coach speak stuff like that. Right. Like every other person in the league does because we're not dumb. And we, we know this defense was <laughs> awful. We can look at the roster ourselves. None of us are football experts. We're not being paid millions of dollars a year to look at football players, yeah. but it's apparent to us. And, and he kind of let us know. And, you know, I saw it in the chat earlier. Somebody mentioned it was almost like he was speaking to the fans rather than the media. And I kind of feel that yeah. he was speaking to the city of Detroit and the people was. of Detroit. Yep. And you could feel that when he was speaking. You've had enough of that shit right there. That, he was right to the fans. That was right to the fans. Yep. I'm not going to, you know, placate to the <laughs> the coach speak. Right? Yeah. We're not going to do it. <laughs> yep. You know? Yep. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about how, how they're doing it. Uh, I see Jesse in, in the, in the chat. Uh, when I was a supervisor, my line was most productive when I listened to the people under me and above me. It was a collaborative effort. The most successful companies listen to everyone that's wise. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this and how there is how the nepotism is non-existent here versus before. I didn't know Brad before I got here. All right. 
I did. I did my homework no different than he did. We had a lot of mutual contacts and I didn't hear one bad word about Brad. And I've been in contact with him for for a while. And and man, this has been nonstop. We left here almost midnight last night. I mean, we've been we've been going through everything, but I've told him this. I said, listen. I'm not going to make a hire without you approving it. And I don't have to do that. And he's basically said the same thing to me. Listen, I, I, I could find the best coach in the world and feel great about him. And if I go to Brad and Brad's like, there's just something about this guy. I don't know. He's going to make me think twice about doing it because that's how I want it to be. Cause he and I are tied to the hip. This guy, he's unbelievable. Now you want to talk about vision. Uh, we see the game very much the same way. We see players very much the same way. Last night we were talking. We finished each other's sentences twice. One of them was about vision. But that, more importantly, we're not in the business of just stacking players. Let's find a vision for this guy. Because when you find a vision for a guy, now you know how to play him, how to put him in your system. All right. Um, but the guys that you don't, he could be the most athletic guy in the world. If you don't have a vision for him, what are you going to do with him? There you go. Uh, absolutely. And, and they talk about volition, div, volition, div, they talk about vision. They talk about collaboration and doing yep. these, this thing together continuously and how they're going to work together. That's that is so, so good to hear. A uh, quick question from Logan. Uh, Sam, did Campbell touch you in your fan zone today? Because he sure touched mine. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I'm I'm a little tempered still. A little tickled. My tickle. fandom isn't all the way back yet, but it's coming. Just the tip? Like uh, three-quarter mast, maybe. <laughs> okay. 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 Three-quarter mast. <laughs> but no, this collaboration stuff is like so refreshing to hear. Oh, God. Like when he literally talked about the guy may be the most athletic guy in the world, but if you don't have a plan for him, what are you doing? That's Kyle Van Noy. That's Kyle Van Noy to a T. Yeah. When we yeah. drafted him. He was a fantastic linebacker out of BYU who had a ton of experience. He knew Ziggy Ansah. It was, you know, by all means, people were pumped. And then he came in and he admitted later that the coaching staff was like, I don't know what to do with you. Where do we put you? Too small for DN, too slow to play linebacker in my, you know, scheme. You know, where do we put you? New England. Yeah. And that's a second round pick. <laughs> That like is wasted. And like that's the difference between good teams and teams that don't make it is hitting on guys. Even if they're not pro bowlers or all pros, that you hit on guys that contribute. And when you're losing second round picks to, you know, trades for fifth rounders two years later and or just busting on second round picks and third round picks constantly over over, you end up with a roster like we have right now. And the best way to remedy that is to draft well and to draft guys that are going to fit and they're going to contribute. And it's, it's super refreshing to me to hear them talking about how collaborative this is going to be and how, you know, that he's not even going to hire an offensive or defensive coordinator without Brad Holmes being in on it. That's important. It's incredible. Yeah. This is, this is no ego and, and we'll get to it. Uh, he talks a little bit about, you know, how that's, that's how they worked. In New England, that's how things how things ran. This we'll talk a little bit about servant leadership. That's one of the things he talks about as well. And I think this is something you know. I, I love the concept of business and leadership and and how things work, organizational design, that sort of stuff. And that's why I think it brings a little bit of that to this that you're not getting from the other outlets. 
um, as to why the, the, the organization is the way it is. And I think, you know, it, it just it's one of the angles we can help people understand how things are are set up and why they're set up the way they are. But when we start getting into leadership and, and, and most of these quotes really st- talk about leadership and culture and, and, and how to communicate as a group of people in a most effective way and how to really nail this. It's, it's, it's inspiring to hear again, not, uh, he's not going to do the speaker circuit, right? He's not going to no. walk around standing behind no. podiums <laughs> unless, unless you need a motivational speaker because <laughs> he did it. He'll, he will get you pumped up. So I think that's something that was the sorely lacking from the last, the last uh, administration, and uh, we'll move on with this one for sure. We're really happy to see it. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about culture. Uh, we're going to let uh, Dan take the mic and tell us about culture and how it works. And this is something that they've talked about since the very, very beginning of this search. And this is something you can tell. He's not just kind of, you know, taking the the company line on this. He, he, he believes what he says to, down, you know, to the cockles of his heart. Roger's already said, listen, here's the information, Dan. Take with it what you want. It's your decision. It's your decision. What do you want to do with it? Nobody's dictating anything here, but we're getting the best information that we can get. And here's here's what I know about winning teams. When it starts at the top and it works its way down, it goes right into the locker room. And when it's functional up top and it's flowing and, man, we're efficient and we're moving and everybody knows there's one voice, those guys feel it. And and that's how they play. And they grow. They have pride in what they're what they're a part of. No different than anybody in this organization. And listen, that's that's what we've that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Um, again, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's another, you know, and this is one of those things that people are overlooking this that are outside of Lions fandom. But it's kind of a, when the train is rolling, if you're a player, you either hop on or you don't. And when, you know, we didn't have a rolling train. We haven't had a rolling train since you know, the middle of the, the Schwartz era or, yeah. you know, like 2014, really, right. there was always stuff happening. You know, as soon as Bob Quinn was hired, now we had Bob Quinn versus Calvin Caldwell, Johnson. you know, <laughs> and, and all the players knew, you know, you could, you go back and you listen to interviews about, you know, Calvin Johnson says, we knew that the playoff run was over with Caldwell when they like, didn't even attempt to resign Nick Fairley. Hmm. You know, there has to be, but, what, you know, when the train is rolling, when everything is moving along and, and, and it's a strong organization from top to bottom and there's cohesion from top to the bottom, it's easy to hop on board and it's easy to ride along. And I think that it's, you know, that's exactly what the players want and the players need to feel a part of something and not feel separate that they're working for an employer. They're coming into work. They need to come in and feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. Yeah. No ego. Very well said. Very well said. I mean, that was as good as the background game you got going on, my man. <laughs> good, good stuff. Absolutely great stuff. Um, really, really good stuff there. Uh, want to talk about really quick, um, you know, you got pain, anxiety, or insomnia, go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Leader in taking care of your head and first take care of head. Remember that Um, (laughs) there's the normal stuff. And then there's the chill line, also known as the Delta eight line, the normal stuff. You can take it, takes care of, like I said, pain, anxiety, insomnia, you're good to go. You can run a high low, you can drive a truck, you can do whatever, no drug test problems, anything like that. You're all good. If you want to have a little extra little fun with it, like what's sitting behind Sandman's head right now, go with the Delta eight line, (laughs) that chill line, and you will feel it. If you get the gummies, for example, 
just just start with one, please. The first time you do it, just start with one. I've had stories of people losing a couple hours because darn it, <laughs> it was really good. So uh, yeah, check it out. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Legal in all 50 states. Will not blast you on a drug test and actually takes care of a lot of aches, pains, and insomnia naturally. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Um, use code word, coupon code LIONS. You'll get 55% off. But I got a little something extra for you. Uh, and I've got a lot of feedback from folks on the on the cream, helping their uh, muscle pain and so on. Um, CRM65, if you use that code, you'll get 65% off on all the, the creams, such as the one I'm holding here. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right, moving on. We'll get to the next one. Uh, it talks about getting good people. We have a team that is devoid. I don't want to say devoid because there are some, there are some excellent players on the Detroit Lions team. And when we say this is the hardest part, Sam, and because I'm not a guy, I'm a guy that often I, 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 can't, yeah, I can't say cut and dry things. I say them and then I regret them every time, right? Because there's a gradient in the middle and I know it and we need to admit it, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's some really, really good players on this team. Matthew Stafford's a great player, right? I mean, there's some really, really good players on this team that can contribute a lot, but there's a lot of players that maybe aren't as so good and maybe aren't contributing and aren't quick enough at linebacker or and have too much hair or <laughs> whatever you know that causes them problems um in those cases we need to replace them and you talk about it not just from players but from front office staff about getting good people um let's have a say from dan on the roster listen it, it's there's no secret you got to get good people around you who are all pulling in the same direction. It's team. It's all about team. There's no ego. Brad and I are going to have, we both have say on the 53 man roster. We have to agree. So we're going to go in a room. All right. And we're just going to fight until one of us comes out and we'll see what happens with. No, we are, we are going to collaborate. We're going to come up with the best answer. All right. Uh, the best solution. What, what can we do with this guy? Is it more for the future? Is it for now? But uh, listen, and that's not going to be a problem. I want it that way. I want, I, I, I want people to challenge me on, on, on an idea. I don't want to have a bunch of people that agree with everything that I say. That's not, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, I don't want a bunch of people who drink a gallon of coffee like I do in a day. Um, but there's, listen, there, you, you find the right mix and the right balance of people. But I know this, when it starts at the top and it's right, then it'll go down. It'll trickle down to where it's supposed to. And those guys are going to have pride in where they're at, who they play for, how they're going to play. And, you know, you'd say more times than not, that leads to, uh, leads to success. And there's only one way to do it. And uh, it's to do it the right way. And that's the other thing that intrigued me about Sheila. She wants to win bad, but she's not going to sell her soul to the devil to do it. Neither am I. Boy, not bad. Not, not bad to have a little bit of a, <laughs> An ethical bent to yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good people. Uh, I see. I see. Look, how about losing Ron Wood? It's Rod Wood, Jeffrey. Um, <laughs> I don't know why people are talking so badly about Rod, uh, frankly, and in, in his role. I'm I'm. It, it doesn't make sense. I mean, the only thing the, the only thing that I have a picture of actually anymore of him because he fixed the Wi-Fi at Ford Field a couple of years oh, ago. God, right? yes. <laughs> but him standing like unplugging and plugging in the, the router and yelling at Martha, <laughs> turn it off and turn it on again. Maybe that'll fix it. <laughs> Check the DNS settings. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. No, I, I I feel like people forget that most team presidents aren't football people i mean we've got a ton of teams that are ran by family members that are 
you know, just nepotism top to bottom. And, you know, you know, people complain about Rodwood. Oh, he's a family friend. You know, yeah, he ran their money forever. They're rich. Yeah. Yeah. Partially maybe because of Rodwood. You know, they might have a high opinion on a guy that, you know, made them a ton of money. Kept him, kept him from this making this team take him under. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, super chat. Thank you, Loretto. Loretto, you are the bomb, man. I really appreciate it. If we keep Stafford, since we need a quarterback coach, he needs to want to work with that coach and approve of it, including the offensive coordinator. Stafford knows who to work with. Are the interviews for him, or is he done? I'm going to tell you. I think that we talked about it before. I think he probably has a little bit of a say in it. I think he's weighing in on it. I think that's why nobody's really commenting yet about Matthew and where Matthew's at. Um, it's it's an interesting run. The thing I heard someone say, "Well, he doesn't want to learn a new system and all that." What's he going to do if he goes to a new team? <laughs> Is, is he? <laughs> that's like, yeah. I mean, come on, folks. and it's Matt Stafford. He has shown zero issue learning any system, right? And and he's shown zero inclination to leave. Um, like I said, I had some back channel chats today, and um, we talked about him and what was what was said. And, and this is definitely this is someone who's who's talked to him and, and with some regularity. As a matter of fact, um, he's an absolutely fabulous human being. He's as great an individual as you think he is. He's a really, really good guy. Um, no information about, you know, staying or leaving, but the guy loves football. Mm-hmm. He loves the game of football. And I got to tell you, if you love football, you're going to love Dan Campbell. I just feel like that's <laughs> that's just a natural fit. So I think that that I just, again, I sit where I was before. I don't think that Matthew Stafford is leaving this team. I really, really don't think he is. I think they're going to find the right kind of coordinator, and I think they're going to find somebody that finally just absolutely unleashes him uh, with something new and and something good. So we'll see. Boomer, I I don't think there's anything to Boomer. I mean, who trusts Boomers anyway, really? (laughs) I mean, especially you're not only a Boomer, but your name's Boomer. Come on. You're double Boomered. So there you go. (laughs) Just say, okay, Boomer, and <laughs> move on to the next analyst. All right, uh, we're talking about Stafford, so I'm going to jump ahead to this quote really quick. Uh, what did he say today about Matthew Stafford? Because, boy, did it reveal nothing. Well, I'd say this. That's, that's another one we're going to talk about. You know, I need to sit down with Brad. I mean, we've had discussions, but here's what I'd say about uh, Matthew is, man, he's a stud. All right, he's a stud. He is one of the toughest quarterbacks you'll, you'll ever see. Um, he's extremely talented. Um, I know he's a team guy, um, and and listen, I know he wants to win, and and so I'll leave it at that. That's what I do know. There you go. I mean, that's the collaboration that they were talking about. Nobody wants to talk on it because Brad doesn't want to talk about it because he hasn't talked to Dan enough about it. Dan doesn't want to commit to Stafford yet because he hasn't talked to the GM enough about it. You know, I think – that's what it is. I, you know, I don't take any of this as them saying, oh, well, if we're not going to talk about Stafford, then that must be a bad thing. Yep. I take it as that they haven't talked enough about Stafford to know what they want to do yet, whether that's keep him or not. And by the sounds of it, he likes Stafford. He thinks he's a stud. I think that he just doesn't want to come out and say, oh, yeah, I really like Stafford. I think he's going to be our quarterback without finding out Brad's full opinions on it. And, and, and that's you just can't do that if you're going to have a real collaboration. <laughs> and I, you know, I bet they've talked about it in the in the last 
day. I guarantee that it's come up because they've talked. They've it's been they've had like twenty four hours before the press conference or a little less to to converse. I guarantee Matthew Stafford has come up. But you know who wasn't part of the conversation? More than likely, Matthew freaking Stafford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets a, he he gets a say in this, right? He gets a word in this. I guarantee they're going to talk about it and they're going to talk about the vision. They're going to say, Matthew, do you buy into the vision? How do you see the vision being different? How do you change? Maybe the vision changes based on Matthew's input. Right. Mm-hmm. Somebody that crucial to a team, it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense, especially for the kind of talk that they've had about how they collaborate and work together. It wouldn't make any sense not to bring him in and have that conversation. You think Matthew dropped he was in Boyne last time I saw. You think he just left Boyne and shot back down to Allen Park so he'd have a conversation? I think there's a lot of stuff that has to go on right now. You know, getting coaches doing some other things as well, in which they're not having that sit down conversation just yet. They've got a little bit of time to get things straight. Dan's head is spinning. I guarantee when you, if you've ever started a new job, one in which you don't stand on a podium and have to talk to people where you just walk in the first day and you got to find out where the bathroom is and the cafeteria is and maybe where to get some pencils and is my computer ready? (laughs) It's it's a tough day already. This Mm -hmm. guy had all that and everything else to go with it. So there's a lot to do. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm not I'm not super concerned on the Stafford front. I'm really not. And and what I heard about Matthew Stafford loving football only makes me think he's gonna stay here more. I I, I really do. Um we'll see how that plays out. All right. Um let's go. This is a, a good one. This goes to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about um his sense of the city. And this 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 isn't coach speak, right? We 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 saw him we saw him show his emotions early when he talked yep. about Sean Payton. We know that he's 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 not out there just BSing like remember when Bob Quinn came out it was so measured and and it was like li- listening to a calculator yep. <laughs> kind of output this was completely different this was truly a man telling you how he felt and having a hard time stopping from saying things that he wasn't supposed to say right you could see him kind of catch himself a couple times along the way but uh let's get him talking about the city and what he thinks about the the city of Detroit my job is to make this team better, make it competitive, make it a winner. And look, I can't guarantee wins, but I know this, man. My job is also to get this city back on its feet. I can say all I want to do, uh, everything about, man, this is what, and I get it. I don't blame you fans one bit. I get it, man. You've seen these. There's no telling how many of these press conferences you've seen. I'm not going to stand up here and give you coach speak, but I'm going to tell you this, man. This team is going to freaking take on your identity, all right? There's been enough hard times here, and you always found a way back up. And this team's going to freaking do the same thing. And every time we get hit, we're going to get back up stronger. That's what I do know. I'm going to put the right coordinators in place. I'm going to put the right staff together with those coordinators. All right, they're going to be the right mix, the right balance that complement who I am and know how to deliver the message. Brad and I are going to be tied at the hip. And we're going to we're going to make sure that we see everything right down the line with our coordinators as to how we see this team looking. Uh, what is the shape of this roster, man? What, how do we see these? What is the length of our outside linebackers, man? Where do we see our tackles, our guards, the girth? Uh, what about our speed on the outside? What about our back? We're like that. We're going to everything's going to be in line. All right. Now, we're not going to agree on everything, but I can tell you this, man, just knowing this man for the time I've known him and vetting him myself. He's exactly like I am. He wants the same things I do. He's no different than me. Look, when things go hard, you're going to see me stand up. When they go good, I want to just fall to the wayside. He's no different than that. So, look, I I, uh, I wanted this job. I wanted to be here. Man, I think this is a special place. 
I think this is special because I know this, when we bring a winner to the city, it's going to be something we can all be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. And and see, that's the tie. That really is it for me. I'm a sucker for a hype video. I'm a sucker for Detroit. You know how much I love this city, yep. Sam, man. You know, and I know you do the same way. It's like, this is home. I've lived all around the country. Detroit is a very, very special place. It's different. People are different and better. Um, it is absolutely fabulous. He gets it. He just he just gets it, and he understands how hungry people are. I I love it. I love how he talks about not only you know top to bottom coordinators working together, but he ties it right to the city and the people that are sitting in the stands mm-hmm. right there. That's that's a guy that's that gets to that whole concept of servant leadership and the collaboration and the whole the good of the whole. Yeah, you know, normally this sort of speak, I kind of cringe at it during coach pressers and stuff like, ah, yeah, blue collar. Yeah. We're going to work hard, but it feels different when Dan Campbell says it because he's been here. He knows this isn't, you know, this isn't an outsider coming in and saying, Oh, I know Detroit motor city cars, hard work, blue collars. (laughs) No, this is a guy that knows he was here during the lowest point in Lions football history, he knows how the fans are. He saw the people in the stands. You know, he saw people were coming every game, even though we knew we probably were going to win. You know, he understands it. And so it feels different. And it's nice to hear somebody take the city into account when talking about the cohesion that he wants to have and bringing the fans and the city along for the ride it's not you know the team is in detroit and the team is going to win so detroit can be happy it's detroit versus everyone yeah he suffered right along with the city in the 0 16 he understood it he he basically spoke to that right there conversely the last regime came in when we were starting to turn things around and starting to look good and said no you suck you're doing it all wrong yeah, this is all wrong. Why, why are you doing it this way? Yeah, and kicked a bunch what of sand in our face, and then and then made it worse again. <laughs> yeah, it was it was absolutely horrific to see and experience. I'll tell you a little bit. I feel from from this too, and and this is in in a good way. I get a little sense of Jim Schwartz here. You know what I mean? Remember how Jim Schwartz was fiery? Sometimes didn't have the right exact words you wanted out from the press or whatever, but he brought those guys, and he got. Um, and Damakong Su has never played as fiercely as he did when he played for Jim Schwartz. Oh. And I feel a little bit of that here in a really, really good way. That 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 stokes me up. It's something we've been missing, I think. The violence is coming back. Yeah, the kneecap it. biting. Yeah. <laughs> the eye gouging. I love it. We're going to bring the violence to Detroit. <laughs> the I mean, arm stepping. Except yeah. for the tourists. Except for the tourists. <laughs> I, I almost died. I almost I lo- I was driving listening to this and I almost died, you know, like who said you could tell he was he was all of his words were coming off of his sleeve. Yep. And then he realized, "Oops." <laughs> I and again, that's one of our If you come here, we're going to beat your ass. <laughs> that that tourist your- line was great and I couldn't find it when I was putting these clips together. It killed me. I want it. That line will be a drop though. <laughs> it's okay to be a tourist here, but everyone else you're in trouble. <laughs> it's it's great. It's just absolutely great. Um loved it though. You're right. It was off straight off the sleeve. He wore it for everyone to see. It was it was it was spectacular. God, I loved I loved this presser. And I can see where other teams who don't know Detroit, don't know where we've been, and don't know kind of 
all the run up until the that minute of that presser where they can look at it and say, holy cow, it's crazy in Detroit. I can see where they're coming from, not knowing what's going on, right? But but knowing it, seeing the whole presser, understanding the team, understanding his past with the team, it puts it all into context and it makes so much more sense. So it's again, go ahead, Detroit versus everybody. Un- underestimate us. Love it. Yep. Love it when you underestimate me because I am going to break your back. I'm going to bite your goddamn kneecap. I almost, I almost <laughs> went all in on that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take out another kneecap. Then I'm going to take another hunk of flesh. I'll be the last one standing. All right. So <laughs> with all that, let's get to um, the idea of servant leadership because he talks about it uh, in, in this in this uh, in his uh, presser. And I think it's really important because I, that's part of how this all ties together. And it's a concept, again, um, talking about uh, about books. The guy go get that whiz kids book. Go get that WizKids book, I'm telling you right now. And uh, Servant Leadership. It's another great book if you want to learn uh, dealing with people at any level. Even as, uh, as you know, if you, you don't manage people, you you report up, understand servant leadership because it means a lot. And when you really do get a sense of that, it'll help you in your in, in your day-to-day contacts with folks everywhere. It's it's absolutely wonderful and worth every penny and more. Um, And, you know, if you listen to podcasts, still listen to ours, but get it as an audio book. That's another way to do it. <laughs> Amazon.com or Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. That's where you go. There you go. All right. Uh, servant leadership. I want to also tell you really quick, don't forget about our Senior Bowl coverage. We're the only folks that are going to have that credential down there for Senior Bowl and give you all this inside and great information and interviews. Subscribe to the for, to the to the YouTube channel. Uh, hit the notifications because we're going to be going live at all different times throughout the day with player interviews, coach interviews, uh, significant media member interviews, industry people, a lot of stuff going on. It's it's going to be a wild, wild ride. So get in there. All right. Let's get in about servant leadership from Dan Campbell. I've always viewed leadership as um, more of a servant role. Um, you lead by being a servant and you do things that, um, you know, that guys gravitate to. And when they see that you're willing to do it and you're not batting an eye at it, like it does, it's not even, it's just water off a duck's back. Like they do it. Cause it's like, well, man, look at this guy. He's just running right through it. No problem. Here we go. And, uh, and so I've kind of always looked at things that way. Leadership to me has always been one of those things. I, it's, it's been hard for me, especially when I was younger to be someone that said, well, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. I'm going to stand up and lead. I, I was never that way. It was always, I had something would come up and I would, things would bubble inside of me, right? They would bubble. I could feel the heat on the back of my neck. I could, and it's say something, say something, say something. And, uh, and I think that's where it began. And I, you know, when I felt something, I said something. So I'm a pretty genuine guy and I, I'm, it's hard for me to uh, have fake emotion or, be something I'm not. So I think my leadership comes from that. I think that uh, I'm about people and I think I understand people, not everybody, but I want to know people and I want to understand what makes a player tick and who they are, where they came from, because there's a reason why everybody, um, you know, everybody has some things in their life that either, you know, they react negatively to or positively to. And, and I think when you can get into the nuts and bolts of who the human is, then you realize uh, maybe the reason that guy showed up late was something very simple that's going on in his life, as opposed to, um, you know, just reacting and blowing, you know, blowing your top over the fact that he's late. Maybe actually something is going on. Now I would blow my top and, 
you know, have a problem, but I would sit down afterwards and say, what's going on? You know, what, is there something I need to know? And let's, let's find out, you know, cause look, let's be honest, man. These kids nowadays, <clears throat> these men, they got a lot going on and this whole social media. I mean, they have a lot of stress put on them, you know? Yeah. They make a lot of money and life's good. I get it. You're right. And we should all be thankful, but they also, there's a lot of stress put on them and uh, they got a lot of, um, pressure from family and, and fans. And, you know, it's the, it's the whole fantasy leaderboard. And, and so there's things sometimes that get to them. And, uh, but, but my job is to make sure that their focus is on the main thing. Uh, and that's about playing ball and, and being about uh, the team first, um, you know, you put your ego in the back seat and let let's get in the boat and let's all roll the same direction. Because when, uh, when we all win, you know, then, then you'll win individually, but we got to win first as a team. Good stuff. I mean, that's, that's it, right? I mean, I mean, it's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Servant leadership. It's, it's, it is the foundation for the teams. Um, natural leader. That's right. Jesse, uh, cream rises to the top. Uh, I got to give Kevin, uh, finally shout out Kyle Vandenbosch for DL coach. I take it. I take it old red eyes. <laughs> yeah, old red eyes. <laughs> He's, he and That's, I are opposite. His the, the, his eye color is red in the middle. Mine's all on the outside. <laughs> it's, all, it's all that CBD. CBD. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So let's 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 talk about that, Zach. Uh, you talked about how you wanted professionalism two weeks ago and in uh, how Gase eyes thing killed him. His credibility couldn't recover. This is the same thing, man. This is this is far different. This is Gase. And his reaction in that presser with the crazy eyes was, holy shit, what did I get myself into? Was was like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing with myself. I don't know why I'm here. I am absolutely scared. I am unqualified. Everything, everything of his body language and his facial expressions and his eyes was, I'm not the guy for this. What you saw today was a football guy. What you saw mm-hmm. today was a guy, look, like, like there was in the chat, Pat McAfee was all over him, right? He wants to play football for him. Football people want to play football for him. They want him to lead. Is he a public speaker? Like I said, no, he's not. He is not a public speaker. And that's okay. I don't want a public speaker for coach. Bob Quinn was a great public speaker. Oh, God, could he pull it together? But God, was he a terrible GM? He could not, <sighs> he could not survive the second round for the life of him. No. And I think, you know, his honesty during something like this is important. It's hard to describe yourself as a leader. You know, it's hard to say what you're good at. Like, you know, it's just not easy to do. And basically him saying, you know, that accountability starts with yourself. And it's not always easy to lead by example when you're a coach, but it's easy to lead by accountability and lead by choice. You know, I think shows what kind of man he is. And I think it shows why people have said that he's going to be the kind of leader that, you know, people are going to want to come here for that offensive and defensive coaches are going to want to come here and work under him, that players are going to want to come here and, and be under him. And it's going to make sense once the staff and, and, you know, everything starts to kind of roll together that we'll see what kind of, uh, 
unit we have and what kind of accountability we have yeah absolutely a big, a big unit hopefully. <laughs> it's a hog yeah absolutely no I, I i totally get that and um yeah kevin bob quinn was a bad public speaker i'll say uh tried hard to make profound statements absolutely but what he what he carried was professionalism and authority when he stood there he said dumb things and he couldn't quite like get it out of his own way but if you just looked at him it was he was a good public speaker. He could stand there and carry himself with that kind of authority. Um, you get a different kind of authority from Dan, <laughs> but you don't get that polish. So that, that's where you are. Uh, oh, we've got one coming in from Brett. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump the gun on it. Uh, took Cameron to college last year. Oh, you Bobcat. Last scan, no cancer. Oh, go Dan. Oh man, that's great news, Brett. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, Cameron was on our St. Jude show. Um, he was a patient. And had cancer as a as a child, and um, had part of his shoulder blade removed, and was the most uplifting interview I think we did of the entire oh, awesome. four hours. And uh, it's great; he's off to the college. I know uh, Riz will love him as a bobcat. That's great. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So, Brett Cameron, congratulations, man! Great to hear, and, and thank you so much for hitting us in the super chat. Really, really cool. All right, um, let's go. Let's keep rolling here. We're going to get on now to hit on the next piece. Um, let me see what I have. How can I help Brad? Let's talk about collaboration. This is a little bit different. So as a head coach, everything has been about, coach, what do you need? What do you need? How can I help you? And I told Brad, Brad, what can I do for you? Tell me how I can help you. What can I, what, how, can I, can I get you, can I get you something that's going to help you do your job as well? So. Uh, and I've already said it, man. I, I don't want to make a move without him knowing about it. Like we're going to be on the same page and uh, we're in this thing together. I don't have to do that. Just like he doesn't have to tell me anything. We were both hired under the same umbrella with uh, Sheila and, and, and Rod. And so, um, but man, I think it's important and that's how you win. I mean, this is, this is a marriage. So we're going to make this thing work. Yeah. More, more about that, that collaboration working together. And I, I have to tell you, um, this is completely different than anything that's happened in my lifetime. And I remember getting Billy Sims and watching Billy Sims play the game. This may, again, I'll say this might not work. It's possible that this doesn't work, but this sure isn't the same old lions. This is not the same old lions. So, um, same old lion fans, <laughs> you can, you can kind of hold it, hold it for a little bit. You can be happy if they lose later. That's fine. You can, you yep. can, you can wallow in your quote unquote rightness. But right now, this is something completely different. And boy, this is a hell of an interesting experiment to me. Yeah, I, you know, the way that he, you know, I, I don't want to say he's circle talking because he's not, but he's hitting the same points over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And part of me feels that when you hit those same points over and over, that it's on your mind and that you are believing what you're saying. This isn't a you know, uh, a lie, I guess would, that might not even be the right word, but you know, when he talks about cohesion, when he talks about him and Brad being on the same page, that they mean it. And that this may be the first time that we honestly see a team that doesn't have egos at the top. Yeah. You know, when, when you're hired as the GM of a football team, there's only 32 of those positions in the world. And so you kind of have to, I feel like an ego is not uncommon in that scenario. And we see it around, around the NFL all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
teams getting blown up by somebody making a bunch of really silly decisions because they're alone at the top or head coaches doing a bunch of weird stuff because they're alone at the top. And I feel like when Brad was hired, he talked about how he's not going to be the guy in the room that shuts other people down. He wants other opinions. He knows he's not perfect. He knows that his opinion isn't always right. And that if, if you can convince him otherwise, he's willing to listen. And now we've hired a head coach that feels the same way. And I honestly feel like this isn't an accident. Sheila and Rod Wood built this. Yeah. This is what they envisioned. And you'll see it in chat. People are talking that, you know, Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell, Dan Campbell is uh, the anti-Patricia. And in this way, he really is. You know, it was Bob and Matt in a room making all these crazy choices about drafting slow linebackers and, and picking up these high priced free agents that don't work out, you know? Um, and now I think we're going to have openness. I think the scouts are going to be involved. The team's going to be involved. Uh, you know, who the heck knows the nutritionist is going to be involved and <laughs> somehow accountable, and accountable, right? And, and accountable point to look, Hey, and, and, and he talked about that, about, about Sean Payton, how you always knew where you stood. If you needed to do something better, you heard about it and you knew. So you had an opportunity to improve and do better. It wasn't, you know, out of the blue. It wasn't any of that silly stuff. So mm -hmm. I, think, I think people really respect that, knowing where they stand. I think that's, that's really, really important. And so, yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely. Sam, and again, your, 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 your vocal game is as on as your background game. <laughs> really rocking up there, buddy. I want to, I want to. Um, yeah, they can't beat Tim K. Uh, wants to be, Tim K wants them on the hard knocks. It just can't because they got the new coach, so they, they, they're out. Maybe next year. Um, good question from Austin. Who do you believe Campbell resembles as a coach in the NFL? Uh, he thinks he's a more offensive Mike Vrabel. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's funny. Uh, and Flight comes in with Cower and Parcells. I don't know how he is as a coach. And, you know, we can, the X and O's, the X's and O's things is something I think we can talk about as a, as a topic as well. But he reminds me of Vrabel. He reminds me of, um, Cowher. He learned a lot from Parcells, but it, he doesn't have that same, the negativity that I associate with Parcells as a coach. You know what yeah, I mean? And Parcells was a me, me, me type of guy. Yeah. Like he was good at it. He was really good at it, but he was not a collaborator. Mike, Mike Tomlin comes to mind. Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Mike Tomlin comes to mind. And I'll tell you who is probably nobody else is thinking of, but Sean McVay comes to mind. The energy and the the commitment to his I guarantee you're gonna see him running up and down the sidelines, congratulating players, going into the you know, the celebrations with the players. Mm -hmm. He is gonna be just completely part cheerleader. Along the way, you saw it with uh, what was his name, the tight end for Miami when he was the head coach for the, for a little while. He took an zero and four team to five and seven. That's pretty damn good for an interim head coach. I mean, that's yeah. a better percentage than Bevelhead for us. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, you know, I'm really what I'm excited about is his first accidental headbutt with a guy with a that's wearing a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's the last thing you need is your coach in the get the, the old Spielman bloody nose going. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, no, that's he—that's who he kind of reminds me of. John Harbaugh. That's interesting. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I definitely feel like Campbell is a head coach first, and everything else later. And I don't feel like there's too many of those left in the NFL, uh, <laughs> except for the guys that have been here so long, right? That you kind of grow into that role. Role. I think he's starting in that role. 
I think Mike Tomlin is a head coach first. I think John Harbaugh is a head coach first. I think you look around the rest of the league and you've got offensive guys, you've got defensive guys that have their fingers on the offense and they've got their fingers on the defense. I feel like Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell, I did it again. Dan Campbell is going to be a head coach. And I'm excited to see what that brings, you know, with real leadership at the top. We're not going to have a head coach like Matt Patricia who spends his entire time on the sideline with, with the defense when they're not on the field. I'm looking forward to having a guy that's invested in the team as a whole. No, absolutely. And let's, let's talk really quickly about the, the X's and O's aspect of this, of this, this, this thing, because there's, there seems to be a narrative out there that, Oh, he's not an X's and O's guy. He, 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 he doesn't know the X's and O's in football. I'm I'm going to disagree with that because the people around him have said that he knows X's and O's really dang well. The people that have worked with him said he understands the the nuances of of football and the details of football pretty well. It's just that he's a really good leader. That's the 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 the, the tagline on his resume, right? Mm-hmm. Um if you think of Bob Quinn's tagline well today, can't draft in the second round much less the rest of the draft, right? But it's the second round is the tagline. But you think, "Oh, well, okay, he's going to get you a first rounder." Eh. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Not. yeah, right. Or right. Uh, conversely, if he was really good in the second round and didn't do and, and, and okay in the rest of it, oh, can really draft in the second round. Well, what about the first round? He doesn't. He can't draft. <laughs> well, no, he's okay at it, right? But it's just not as good as he's been able. To, that's all. There's it's it's the the headline on the resume that he's like a massive leader of men. It doesn't mean that it's at the expense of knowing the game of football. This guy, if by all reports, knows football. And and it's hard to find anybody out there who's actually got any kind of sense of other than, uh, you know, I heard it from somebody of anyone saying he doesn't know the X's and O's of football. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, people can know football. I think what people are complaining about is that he doesn't have coordinator play calling experience. But who cares? He's not calling plays here. Right. You know, like Dan Orlovsky knows the game of football. Tony Romo knows the game of football, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be good at calling plays. And, you know, to me, Dan Campbell kind of mentioned it in his com- you know, press conference that he has ideas about what he wants. You know, he has ideas about how he wants his offense to run and his defense to run, but ultimately it's going to be, you know, a decision that's made group wide as far as, um, you know, how they're going to do it. You know, he, he really is just going to put an emphasis on matchups. He wants to see better matchups, which we really haven't seen maybe since Linehan. Um, You know, we didn't, we haven't seen guys matched up properly since Javid best was constantly put on linebackers. You know, we, we really haven't seen that as, as much as I enjoyed Daryl Bevel's play calling once Matt Patricia was gone. He really didn't put us in positions where our players could, succeed and succeed quickly and you know that kind of led to some of what we saw this year yeah yeah absolutely oh boy this is this is a big day this is a big day with a lot of stuff let's get into it we got another quote here from uh what do we call cannibal danimal and uh talk about again it's a culture thing and i and we wanted to get through it because i think this does a really really good job of kind of summarizing his his thinking You've had enough of that shit. Oh, no, no, not that one, not this one here. <laughs> and so really it, it started with ownership and then, and then it's, it's Mickey and Sean. I'm, I'm telling you, 
look, did they have some rough days? Yeah, they did. But I mean, you're talking about this thing's been going over 15 years out there and they always find a way to make it work. And, and man, there's a lot of give and take, but I mean, ultimately that to me is, is the biggest reason because um, if those guys were fractured and it wasn't working and there was always this, you know, hey, it's your guy, it's his guy. Because I've been part of that, man. I've been part of the, hey, scouting department is, uh, man, they're high on this guy. And you hear the rumblings. And then it's the coaches are saying, no, I don't know what he's talking about. We don't, we didn't have any of that in New Orleans, man. It was, everybody knew, how do we help Sean? How do we help Sean? What can I do for Sean Payton? Because he is the voice and the vision. And, and so it's no secret why we have success. Listen, we had some damn good players too, man. I mean, Drew Brees is, is freaking as classy as they get. He's unbelievable, man. And and that team wanted to, you know, they took on that identity, no different than their coach. But th- but you that's the biggest reason to me. Those two, those two were able to butt heads, but yet see eye to eye enough to where, listen, man, everybody knew exactly who was in charge, and and there was never any of these uh, you know, these these closed door conversations about somebody and you know what is he talking about here no no no. it was we were all moving the same direction so that's man that's my vision for brad and myself you know and there's gonna be a clear line of communication between us two and sheila and and rod i mean we're this thing is going to be transparent it's gonna be open man i want to galvanize this building i want to galvanize downtown at the stadium i want to galvanize this city there you go. Talking about the city again and talking about how they lead and talking about how they work together in uh, the interest of the team. I think he said it a couple of different ways, but I think, you know, he said it the same thing a couple of different ways. And that's part of the authenticity we see from from him. I love him coming in unscripted like this. I love seeing raw Dan. I think this is as raw as we're ever going to see him. And I think this is not that he won't be honest and, and, mm-hmm. and, and real, but polish comes with time. There's things you learn not to talk about. There's ways you not you learn not to do stuff. I think this is the truest Dan Campbell. We're going to see as the coach of the lions, the, the Detroit lions. Again, not that he's not going to be authentic or anything like that, but this is the real man. Uh, I, I yeah, PR I is going to get a hold of him yeah, at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like this. I like this a lot. Um, really, really good stuff. Um, okay, so that's what we got for the uh, cannibal Danable quotes. Good presser, energetic. Again, I can see how somebody from the outside looking at this doesn't uh, doesn't you know uh, or hearing just chunks of it. I heard somebody on Twitter said, "Oh yeah, it's just like Matt Patricia. <laughs> it's just like." <laughs> What are you going to take? What, what, what the what the heck are you talking about? So, um, any any more any uh any parting thoughts or what's your overall sense where where we're at with with Dan and the team is and as a but open up your fandom, let it hang out a little bit. And you know, see, see what if you I have. was to open up my fandom fully, I would say the hope level is high. I don't know if I'm ready to share my hope with others. I don't know if I want everybody to see my hope right now, but. This draft will be huge. If we see a bunch of guys drafted with potential that are used properly, that we see third and fourth round guys that have a place on this team and are being used, uh, even if it's just on special teams and getting, getting play, I think that that's the sign of a quick turnaround. Now, I don't know how fast the turnaround is going to be for this team. I personally feel that an average GM and an average coach 
we're looking at a two year rebuild minimum, probably three. Yeah. But with this new approach, this new collaborative approach, we may see something that happens a little quicker because we're bringing in maximum effort guys and we're bringing in people that want to be a part of this. And when you want to be a part of something, it just flows better. Everybody knows that happy employees do better work. And if you're happy at work and and you bring in guys that you know are going to fit in the scheme and are going to fit in the culture that the Lions are building now, I feel like a quick turnaround's not that far out of the possibility. Yep. Uh, I see Marquise Williams. It's been announced now. I knew this was coming hours ago. Um, Special teams coordinator at Atlanta. Um, That's good for him. Good for him. Happy to to see that. Um, Let's get our guys, though. Let's lock in on our people here. Yeah. Couple folks, Ben Johnson. You know, we got guys we need. All right, there we go. Hank Frilly. Hank Frilly. Wasn't he great? I mean, seriously, wasn't he great at the Senior Bowl last year? I mean, it was. He really was. He was the highlight of the Lions coaching staff. Yeah, he, he really was. He interacted with those kids. He got his point across. You could tell that they were learning and respect. You know, he was, yeah, and he was showing them new things and that they were absorbing it. And I think, man. It's hard to it's hard to let somebody like that go, in my opinion. I would run off a cliff for Hank Fraley. Just just having watched him coach other people. If he was my boss, I would be I would absolutely be just I would do anything he said. He has just such a way about him. These are these are gems, right? And and you may call it the rough because you're talking about like an offensive line coordinator, right? But this guy is an absolute gem, and these are the guys that you want to keep. He is gonna be two, three, four years. He's gonna be working his way up the coaching ranks. I would love for him to be working his way up the coaching ranks inside the Lions organization because he's mm-hmm. he's great. Um, ben Johnson, some other guys, good stuff. A lot of good guys we want to we need to keep we need to keep on this team. So let's uh, let's make sure that works. Um, please, we we want to keep this Prince Robert Prince. We, we <laughs> Robert keep Prince Robert Prince. Please, oh my God! So there you go. All right. Um, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com and don't forget to subscribe for all the Senior Bowl coverage like I said it's not going to be scheduled things fly fast and loose with the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. this is going to be your ch- this is this the combine this year this is the combine because there's no combine this is your chance to see meet hear from players we've got a ton of interviews coming and uh, we're working we're working to get some very special Lions related interviews as well so stick with us we had Robert Prince last year he was great Man, oh, it was awesome. Talk about intensity. I still feel it every time I just think about it. I'm like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> he sat down and his back was like straight up and down. You could tell that man didn't have any wasted motion and anything in his life. Oh, and he, he was yeah. very intense. It was awesome. Yeah. And his story about Calvin and then how, how he influenced the room even after he was gone. It was it was really something. We'll get some really good stuff like that. Um, we love it when they do that. So, again subscribe hit the bell on the on the uh, youtube so you know what's going on make sure you subscribe to the podcast cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com amazon all that other stuff and uh i think we've did it thank you all for tuning in thank you for being you and uh we'll have more don't forget to check out riz's vlog on the on the channel today he had a reaction as well it was good thank you for the comment about the flow i did get a haircut today uh <laughs> don't forget about us patreon patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast that's where you can support the show and it, it funds all the stuff we do and we have the best lions chat most intelligent lions chat on the internet bar none uh engaging thought-provoking great great uh information and a great way to kind of test theories and and, and work things through with people i'm telling you there is no better place i spend 
anytime I can get away from work during the day, I'm in that Slack chat chat with the folks because it's just it's just fantastic. Riz is there, Case, Sam, and we're all we're all there hanging out. Patreon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Donate there. You'll get access to it by doing so as little as a dollar a month. We're on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast. And don't forget about at Sandman7773. That's three sevens and a three. It's easy to remember. Check <laughs> yeah. him out. Follow him on Twitter. He's got all kinds of great stuff coming. You might even see a vlog from him one day. Get us a call via Skype. Detroit Lions Podcast. <laughs> all one word to call us on the Lions line at 929-33-Lions. 929-335-4667. We'll get you on the show. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your magic little box automatically. Your ears. Your ears. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit, Reddit Connection. connection. <laughs> <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. <laughs>